What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Issues. And we like to start off with a game we call Not My Tribe. The idea of this game is to take a couple of questions from the other side of the political spectrum, the other bubble that you're not in, mm. and uh, just see whether we're aware of this. And I thought I would kick it off this week. Sure. And we'll start with Not My Tribe. Um, and this I thought was interesting. This is the number one story on Breitbart. And I have a feeling, and by the way, on Fox News, because I was reading that too. And I have a feeling you're not going to get this. But So Vince McMahon, do you know who that is? He's the guy from the world wrestling That's correct. federation. That's correct. He's a Trump, Trump he, fan. He announced friend, that me. something is going to begin in 2020. Um, it's going to have nothing to do with politics or social issues. What is he bringing back in 2020? All right, so I am not a wrestling fan. Yeah, it's not, a pro yeah. wrestling fan. Right. You will be very, very surprised to know. Um, although, you know, I've, I've paid attention to it like as a pop culture mm. phenomenon. You're waffling. Um, <laughs> well, is it not about wrestling? It must be. It's something. not about wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a television show? Yes. Huh. Something else that he was involved with. Yes. I don't know. I have no idea. The XFL. So this is the, this was something they tried like five years ago, which is like the NFL. But ba- basically... But with but, more concussions? But yeah, well, no, it was like smaller, I think smaller fields and like cuter cheerleaders or something, you know, and it was just kind of like wrestling. But basically, this is... Um, the idea is like, okay, well, we're going to get rid of all the Colin Kaepernick's and all the... all huh. the. Pop. It's essentially, I think, a semi appeal to sort of racism. Well, it's actually so interesting because I just heard something on the radio, I think, yesterday, which shocked me, where they did a survey of conservatives and progressives, and they talked about, or it might have even been Republicans and Democrats, and it talked about what institutions they have the most and or least respect for, like they measure both ends of it. Yeah. And and conservatives, one of the two institutions, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head because it wasn't as shocking, one of the institutions they hold in the lowest esteem is the NFL. Right. Because of this. Unbelievable. Right. And so this, so this is, so basically he's seen an opening here to say like, oh, well we can do like a, a white NFL, Unreal. the XFL, and bring it Why back. Why did it fail the first time? I'm curious. Uh, because it sucked. Be- yeah, and because I think there wasn't <laughs> as much demand for it, and that it's hard to get something like that going. And is it also like it's real football, or is it fake football? Like fi- it's pro like, wrestling is fake wrestling. Uh, I think it's a more stylized, more exciting, action-oriented version of the game. Um, but I'm wow. not. I'm not either an NFL fan or an XFL fan, so I can't I really speak to it. Right. I but I just always... thought it was an interesting story because because <laughs> one. It's not in the New York Times. It's not right. like the media, other media is not covering it. And right. it was like the number one story Amazing. on Breitbart and Well, Fox. they're obviously responding to this idea, right? That right the like, NFL has plummeted. Suddenly the NFL is like a progressive yeah. institution. Well, someone said, and I wow. love this line, they said, like, who would have ever thought in a nation's divorce that the liberals would get the NFL? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So. All right. Good question. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so the second question. Uh, so this is again. You have to remember your your audience here. Illegal aliens um, uh, held a mock funeral in the U.S. Senate building for their what? You fill in the blank. This what was it, the headline. Illegal, yes, yes. Illegal aliens. They're, and they're not they're talking black. about. They're not talking so, about ET. Yeah. So they they <laughs> they ha- they were in the rotunda building, and I guess these were. I don't know if they were illegal aliens or these were just people who were activists. Activists, but. Um, but they were as a funeral for their what? Uh, again, no, not a clue. For their dreams, because they oh were dreamers. Okay. And then, of course, that is like 
mock mockable. Mock, right, exactly. Uh, and I thought it was so interesting. Right part is so interesting. Um, I mean, the truth it, is, it's always interesting to see what slant you put yeah, on yeah, the story. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one I thought was interesting, and I actually didn't know this existed, but apparently 100,000 Americans participated in the 40, 45th annual what yeah. on Friday? Right to Life March. Oh, you did know that? Well, I know, because Trump went and, and addressed yeah. them. It was one, it received one-seventh of the coverage of the Women's March, but I guess... Wait, and how many people were there? 100,000. Okay. I never even knew that March existed. Um, uh, yeah, I did. But you knew. So there you go. So that you, you got that. It was one of three. And then here's the last one, which I will do. It's a kind of a bonus question. Because okay. uh, um, who hinted uh, during a recent meeting with uh, Palestinian boss Mahmoud Abbas that they mm -hmm. might throw their hat in the ring for a second time uh, at, to president in an, action of, an act of resistance to Trump, according to the Jerusalem Post? Hmm. So who, what ex- Democrat, Poly, uh, politician, former candidate, was talking about potentially running again. Our former Secretary of State, what's his name? <laughs> you got it. Yes, you nailed it. John. Yes. I want to say John Kelly because that's you like got the role it. No, that no, I've John been thinking Kerry. about. John Kerry. John Kerry. Very good. <laughs> two points. Two uh, out of four. And you nailed. You you you've now. Fully put yourself in the shoes of a bright bright reader. I can, <laughs> I can see that you, you're now fully immersed in the in the yeah. other bubble. Yeah. The the other interesting thing, which I commented to you before the show, was that um, literally no, except for one piece, basically no mention at all of Me Too, no mention at all of Larry Nasser trial, and and it's just it's just not there anywhere in the conservative press. Not really there. Um, it's a it's it's very it's very strange. It really is when you go on those sites you feel like you are in a totally different news yes. universe. Well, every now and then I will Google something and suddenly discover that I've crossed over into that world. Yeah. And it's really, really, I find it actually kind of frightening and then I'm annoyed with myself for being frightened by it. Yeah. Um, I actually think my Apple or whatever, like it's very confused by me because I because <laughs> I spend all this time like reading the right way yes, and stuff for that's this. that's good. You're confounding. Yeah, they, 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 I'm sure they have no no idea. what They must think I'm like a library computer or you're something. Confounding, <laughs> you're confounding their algorithm. I love it. All um, right, so I had a few questions I wanted to ask good, you. Good, go. And as I was going through this, I was thinking like, what are stories that I think that you may not have Yes. Um, one of them I'm pretty sure you have, but it's still pretty fun. Okay, let's see how I do. Uh, all right. Be two. So here's one, which is um, what presenter just withdrew from the 2018 Oscars in the wake of Me Too? What presenter withdrew? Aziz Ansari? Aziz Ansari? <laughs> no. Um, no, no. Um, I can't remember. Well, that would have been so interesting if, yeah. he were, if he were slated to appear. Uh, I don't think he is because, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I'll tell you. Who. Okay. It was uh, Casey Affleck. Oh, I knew that. I did see that. Okay. In fact, so, it was one of the ones I was going to potentially pick. Yeah, no, that's that's right. He, uh, and is that because he's been accused of all these... He has had he has faced some accusations himself, yes, right? Um, and he said that he wanted to withdraw in order to like not distract from the Me Too movement. Sure. But what was funny about it to me was that there was actually an online petition that had um, gotten about twenty thousand signatures of people saying that they wanted him to uh, withdraw. Yeah, and he won Best Actor last year. That's why. So he actually had like a sort of a traditional role to play in this year's Oscars, and he was supposed to give the Best Actress. Um, yeah. Oscar. Well, have you seen his Dunkin' Donuts thing on SNL? 
he, oh, where is, he plays the mass hole? Yeah. Yes. He's brilliant in that. So, oh, he's a very good actor. So I'm, I, you know. But, <laughs> so uh, you like him. <laughs> I, I kind of like Casey Affleck, but that's okay. You know, I also get that he's probably also a jerk. All right. So here's the one that is a bit of a gimme. I should have got that, but I um, who's, Whose remarks recently caused the dollar to fall to a session low? Whose remarks caused the dollar to fall to a session low? I don't really know what that means, by the way, but I, I just, don't. I just yeah, I mean, a session low. I mean, that's. I thought you would know. That, that just means, means like during the during the days trading. It felt, to, that doesn't mean anything. It Manu- was like Manu- the Manu- lowest in four. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so ironically, our, the guy on the dollar, our it, Treasury Secretary, yeah. said, um, "A weaker dollar is good for us." Yes. Uh, which then caused like massive panic. Um, not just, not really so much in the financial markets, but it, among people who were like, uh, what's America's messaging again on our economy? Yeah. I think that's all just trading. I don't think it, you know, well, it was means a anything he, long term. He, yeah. he walked He backed back. off, yeah. yeah. The yeah. next day. He said a weaker dollar means what, that we can export more? Is that why? Well, the full thing is a, a weaker dollar is good for us as it relates to trade and opportunities. Right, right. Because then we can make things cheaper and sell them abroad. I mean, there's some economic justification. It's just a total misreading. A strong of dollar means we can go abroad and travel and, and buy a lot of this. It's a misreading of his stuff. role, right? His role as Treasury Secretary is not to go out and be like, yeah, the dollar down. Who no, no, I, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the last one, which is fun. Um, so uh, uh, someone recently posted this online mm-hmm. as his official statement mm-hmm. uh, in answer to the question, do you favor women's rights? Mm. And I was curious whether you saw this story. But here's the quotation from this person. Yeah. I don't want my daughters to grow up into career-obsessed banshees (laughs) who forego home life and children and the happiness of family to become nail-biting, manophobic, hell-bent feminist she-devils who shriek from the tops of a thousand tall buildings that they think they could have leaped over in a single bound had men not been suppressing them. It's just nuts. It always was. So this was a, like a written It feels answer. That feels like a, a Brit to me. There's something about that. The views, the I views think that the might word, just be the way I read it. Views, maybe, yes, maybe you just have a slight British. Okay, so now I'm going down the wrong path. Uh, um, but yeah, no, that does the ba- banshees and the jumping and the it was there was a very sort of florid prose to that. And this uh, person's watched too many action movies. Maybe yeah. that's right. Um, doesn't like women growing up to be fat. this could be anybody um so john kelly <laughs> no that would who. be awesome who is it it's actually someone called Cortland sykes so it's somebody i've never heard of because you didn't see the story that's the who whole is point Cortland sykes he's the republican candidate for senate uh-huh from missouri okay all right <laughs> that was not one i was going to guess Court. And no. Um, I guess it didn't penetrate. That story didn't penetrate your bubble. But I actually, the Casey Affleck one did. I just forgot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you went two to one. Congratulations. <laughs> and that is not my try, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, excellent. Um, all right. Moving on. <laughs> well, the big story that happened um, since the last time we recorded, and I, has- I actually hesitate to call this a big story because, in fact, what's interesting about it is it's a teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny story that got an outsized amount of attention, uh-huh. um, which was this complaint that was written by a date of the actor and writer and comedian Aziz Ansari yeah. about what a terrible date she had with him. And it was published on Babe, which is 
weirdly, like, I think sort of like a semi-pornographic site. Oh, is it? Site. Oh, now you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add it to my list. Andrew's eyes lit up. Uh, yeah, which is, and it was I like a no... horribly written, poorly constructed article about what a... It was what a, a tell-all a... article about somebody's bad date, basically. Yes, yes, that like started with her getting the wrong kind of wine and ended with right. kind of like an awkward and unfortunate sexual encounter. Right. And actually and, and really ended with her writing this article saying what a jerk he was. And yeah. it was the worst night of her life, I think is what she said. Okay. Um, and, you know, the initial conversation over it was kind of banal and stupid, in my opinion, which was like, is she right or is she wrong? Um, but then... And I'm almost glad we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because I think that's the level we would have been talking about it on. Since then, to me, the story's become much more interesting, um, which is basically about, um, it's a, obviously kind of a weird, murky, gray area. Like, she's not accusing him of being a rapist. She's not even really accusing him of assaulting her. She's just accusing him of being... Of not understanding women, I think. Of being kind of oblivious and right. callous. And insensitive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the conversation around that is much more interesting. And when you, t when you think about it, it's not really a story about assault in the same way that a lot of these Me Too and Time's Up stories are, mm -hmm. but it's actually a story about coercion um, and mm. about sexual miscommunication between men and women. Uh, what's your, what was your thought about it? I, I even have a trouble, trouble with coercion because it's, you know, there was an element of this where he, I, I think he kind of resisted her pretty, you know, to a point. And then she was, and I think that she must have come across, you know, he sort of brushed her off. And then she continued to sort of pursue him. And I think at that point, you know, he maybe interpreted that as like, look, if you're just down for having sex with me, like, fine, uh, I'd be happy to have sex. But like, I'm not pursuing this like on an equal level with you. And, and so, and then, you know, and then I think it, it certainly, like, I think she made a number of bad choices that led her into that position. And then I think he made bad choices too, by not reading <laughs> where, where she was, you know, reading her reactions well. And, but, it, but at some level, like, like I think it's just a universal story. Everybody has done this i it, think i it, think it's very universal right? yes <laughs> but it, so it's a it's a, it's both a universal story and yet it's also a very individual story in the sense that there's an interracial component there's a celebrity component and although we don't know what race she is to be fair that's right? true okay. but but i would say i assumed she was a white girl but i don't know that for a fact but <laughs> i um, did too but, we but don't know that um anything. but also i think look i think like this was my friend um my friend Rob is a, is a celebrity, and he of sorts. And you know, he went to um, he went to Sundance and uh, had a movie out. And he was like, he said, you know, it's a very disorienting thing when you're famous, because. Um, and I think the only equivalent I can think of is sort of like, and I don't know if there's a female equivalent of this, uh, of like exactly. a strip, like of a strip of like a strip bar where people are being n nice to you and pretending to be sexually attracted to you. But you know it's fake, or you know that it's just driven by your celebrity. Mm -hmm. You know in the back of your head, like, this would not be happening if I wasn't famous. Right. And at the same time, it's happening. Right. right? And, and there are real elements of sexual attraction, probably, that are happening, mm -hmm. too. 
And so there's that very disorienting feeling. And I don't know if women have the same thing where like No, people, they don't. And I'll tell you what's so fascinating about that. Well, let me just finish the, okay. the point. And so, so I think that that is, as a celebrity, that's what you're like all the time, right? Where it's like, you don't know, is this person attracted to me because I'm me? Or are you attracted to me because I'm famous? And, um, and so I think that is... That's what's so disorienting. Well, part of the story that's really disorienting, and we keep looking at all these famous people, Louis C.K. and all these things, you know, when we talk about coercion, but like that's not, they're interesting cases, mm -hmm. but they're not typical because that's such a, I think that's a very distorting. Right. Uh, well, part layer. of what's, both, what's been really bizarre about the way that the Me Too thing has happened is that I think some people are operating under the misapprehension that. Um, and in fact, I know this is true because I actually still hear people saying this to me, that somehow rich and famous people are more susceptible to either being harassers or being harassed. And that's such a weird backwards way of looking at this. The yeah. only reason we're hearing the, the stories that we've mostly famous, heard right. is because the people are famous. But that doesn't mean that if you peel back the layer of you know, you, you say, okay, well, we've heard about Bill Cosby and we've heard about, um, you know, all these people, Matt Lauer, blah, 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 blah. Um, and now Aziz Ansari. But it doesn't mean that it's only happening with rich and famous people. Like rich men, you know, are not the only ones who are, right. are I don't think they're even more likely to be, or famous men, more likely to be rapists. I actually don't think that's true. And I certainly don't think that famous women like in the Weinstein thing, are more likely to be raped. Yeah, in not, fact, it's probably the other way around. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I actually think both things are true. Like, I think the reason we hear about, you're correct, that like, um, but that the act, it, it's probably really worse in the non-celebrity world. I yeah. probably agree with that. Like, yeah. like, like, you know, what happens on college campuses or hotel or, or in hotel, hotel right. rooms, right? You yeah, know, that probably <laughs> to, to to average people, and they and they go through is probably much worse than well, what statistically happens. it is, and yeah. particularly because celebrities, I think, also know like they have to watch themselves. They could wind up in the, in yes. the newspaper. So yes. I think, um, so I think, in a way that it, that it is quite different. Um, and, However, but your your other point, which I get, is that Ansari was also maybe that she went out with Ansari because he was famous. Right, yes. like, and, and, and that's then, definitely and true. Was, and maybe that was a dumb choice on her part, but she's certainly not the first and, person to and do that. And there's just part of me that thinks that, like, he saw this woman, and she like was, you know, sending all of these signals and all, all sending all these kind of messages. And then she finally got there, and then she wasn't that into him. Right. And then I'm sure he wondered, like, are you not that into me because you're not attracted to me because of race? Are you not that into me because of, like, <laughs> you know, I think you would have all of these these right. questions. Right. Because so, all of a sudden, what happens, I think, is like you were this guy, you were this famous celebrity, and you were, you were, you're sort of have this certain element, and then all of a sudden, you're back into a place where now you're supposed to leave on equal footing, right? And and then all of us, then and then now she's got a certain amount of power into the relationship, and and mm -hmm. that change, I think, is why anyway, it wound up bad, right? right it wound right, up right. being. So, being, do you think that there's any value to this story? Any larger value, other than maybe exploring like the so, limits of celebrity appeal. So I don't think it's like Harvey Weinstein where it. <laughs> you always, said it right. I'm <laughs> like, did I get that right? right? Harvey Weinstein lasted is still. We're still talking about it. He's still on the cover downstairs of the Daily News. Okay. Um, I don't think Aziz and sorry that there's any story here really except that 
hey, do we want to open up the conversation a little bit to the gray areas? Yeah. Do we want to talk about the middle ground? Do we want to talk about just how a lot of men and women like that sex is really complicated and we never talk about it? And yeah. and um, and yeah, uh, yes would right. be my answer to the, all of those the questions. Answer, the answer probably is yes, but I'm not sure that even Aziz Sorry story is. Is that a great, is, maybe it's a great place to start, but I don't think it's yeah. indicative of a bigger thing other than just what we all, the universal thing that we all have these these times where, where men and women don't communicate particularly well. We right. want different things out of the relationship. Well, I will tell you, like as a woman, it was actually quite liberating, even though I sort of inherently was annoyed by her and I was annoyed by the way the story yeah. was presented. Um, and there are obviously a lot of things that you could criticize her for. I was ultimately like, I was kind of relieved and um, I enjoyed seeing a story that was like, oh yeah, I've been on that date. Like maybe not with a famous person, but certainly with somebody where there was some kind of like power imbalance. And honestly, there's even a power imbalance just when it's the guy asking the girl out. Like right away, that's a power imbalance that that we've totally codified that we're okay with most of the time. Um, but yeah, you know. But I, she asked him out, right? I think that they were like mutual. I think they were yeah. set up by a mutual friend. I see. Um, but you know, like I, I just thought, yeah, well, you know, that's a very familiar, unfortunately, a yeah. very familiar situation for a lot of people and for men too. You know, when you were with somebody and all of a sudden, like the chemistry doesn't work, and you're like, oh, should we keep doing this? Right. Should we stop? Well, yeah. I, I think that's right. I think the other interesting aspect of that story, and we, this was the story that I would talk talked about, like that got talked about kind of in the locker room talk among my guy friends, whatever, mm. was just how informed this guy was clearly by like pornography and like that his view of like what was what he actually do in a hookup is like stick his fingers down her throat. Right. When everybody and and my guy the guys were all joking about that, like. What is that? Like, is that a move? Is that oh, is that what the millennials are doing? And they go calling it the claw, and it's like, yeah. and it was really fun, very, very sort of funny conversation. But, but I think there was that aspect of like, um, you know, on well, his part. It, my generation, like, we grew up like on Mickey Rourke being like right. the height of right. the height of like sexual like this is what we aspire to but Mickey work in nine and a half nine weeks, and a half weeks clarify not right. Mickey work in the wrestler no exactly yeah I mean, nine and a half weeks and angel heart like he you know, I mean the we dark, grew up on the weird we grew up on that too the girls right like that and, and that's a mess and, yeah that maybe that wasn't the best the best uh, <laughs> uh you know role model for us all to kind of think was the height of sexiness but um but I think that the next generation has grew its up own on you porn as right. their as their um, view. Although Andrew, I have to tell you, without getting too personal, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there definitely, even in our day, yeah, uh, there were definitely guys who definitely, yeah, yeah, guys who had moves that clearly we're had icky. not been vetted yeah. by any woman yeah, ever of course. before of course. as being okay. I think, or maybe just different strokes for different folks. Right, 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 right. Um, I think there's <laughs> both of those things are true. As we always get to on this thing, there's usually two things and they're both true. But the other thing, uh, shifting topics a little bit, you kind of put a post out and I remember I deliberately did not, <laughs> did not respond because I just knew sometimes you know if you respond you're just going to like fall down the hole of bring, Facebook bring on the wrath yes. of some of your readers. You used to enjoy that, Andrew. What's I, happened? No, I just, it's not for, not for me. But, <laughs> um, but you basically said, well, how come, you know, like, well, this isn't so bad. Like, there's never been any criminal charges. So far, 
haven't been any criminal charges kind of Not pressed. against any of the men who've specifically been outed as part and you of mentioned, the Me Too movement. You mentioned Louis C.K., Aziz Ansari. Harvey Weinstein. And Harvey Weinstein. And of those, I think only Harvey Weinstein is criminal. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I wasn't saying that I thought the others deserved criminal charges. I was just saying that, like, once again, you know, the Ansari thing happens. Barry Weiss writes in the New York Times how unfair it is that Aziz Ansari has been, quote unquote, destroyed. And my point is, he has not been destroyed. Louis C.K. also has not been destroyed. Even Harvey Weinstein. Yeah has not actually been destroyed. Even Bill Cosby yeah. has not yet been destroyed. Bill so Cosby you, did a comedy words, set you, this you week. De- you define being destroyed basically as... Facing actual consequences. Going to jail. And so this week we did see somebody who was pretty much destroyed, which was yes. Larry Nasser. Correct. Um, uh, which is such... It's, it's a gruesome story. And I think for our purposes today, like I don't know that we need to... It's been pretty well covered. How much of it could you stomach? Like, I, I, I could only listen to, like, a little and pay attention to a, to a little. And the only thing I, I, I kind of took out of it from my view was, like, okay, this, this is not the only thing. There's a lot of things there. <laughs> Let me be clear. Yeah, yeah. But, but one thing I took away from it was, like, okay, well, when people say sort of not all men, like, like this guy was doing this serially to 150, probably more, much more than 150. 160 that we 160 came forward. There's got to be two, you know, that's probably a third or less, right? So did this to hundreds and hundreds of women. And you look at the sort of the me too, and you'd say, okay, well, is this real? That's what I kind of took it. It was like, this is kind of like, again, the same thing that we saw with the Harvey Weinstein. Like men do condemn this. Men do think this guy is a horrible, terrible person. Um, and men don't have any problem, you know, agreeing that this is exactly the kind of behavior that needs to stop. Okay. Men agree that Nasser is a disgusting pedophile. Yes. Once he has been proven to be and has been outed and charged and sentenced. Interesting. Yeah. He... His, the first, I mean, I did do a little bit of right. a deep dive. He was first accused of this kind of behavior in the early 90s when an athlete went to her coach and said, he did this to me. Okay? We're now in 2018. Yeah. He has been doing this for 20 yes. years. Yeah. And more than 20 years. And and he wasn't some... I guess I, I'm the thing that I'm taking away from this that's making me so angry is that... <clears throat> the institutionalization of it. And we have this like weird, and I'm actually really happy to see because I feel like the media coverage is now turning the spotlight onto this. Up until now, we've been obsessed with kind of separating these men out and saying like, oh, well, Harvey Weinstein's like the worst. Right. And Larry Nasser was a crazy right. single person who did these terrible, committed these terrible crimes, right? So we treat them like we've treated the Ted Bundys or yes. the... You know, and, maybe, and we have this fascination as a culture with these right. like single bad actors. <clears throat> what we're terrible at is examining as a culture. And by the way, I would say I would say that Larry Nasser was treated worse than like Charles Manson, like who yeah. killed a bunch of people. Like yeah. this guy, I mean, she basically, the judge basically said, let's, you, you know, I just signed your death sentence. I hope you go out and get gang raped in prison. I'm going to do everything. Ba- basically, she did. It was an Atlantic article about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, really? Oh, but basically saying, well, I'm, I'm sentencing you to, 
to oh, having people hell. do to you what you did to all these women, and right. I'm perfectly fine with that. Right, and she opened up in this very unprecedented way. She opened up the floor to all these women. Which However, I think is good. Right, but it's yeah. great, but my point is, he was part of an institution. Mm-hmm. He was part of Michigan State. Yes. He was part of USA Gymnastics. He it wasn't just gymnast, gymnasts also that he right, was treating. Yeah. He treated like a huge Figure range of different kinds and, yeah. of athletes. And he wasn't a serial rapist who was going out in the street and attacking strangers. Right. He, his crimes in the same with like Harvey Jerry Weinstein too. and the same with Harvey Weinstein. His yeah. crimes were enabled. And enabled is like way too Fuzzy a word. We need a new word. His, right. He he had lots of institutionalized. I think is a yes. Is but a even that word. sounds kind of like now when we talk about like institutionalized sexism, yeah. I think people on the right yeah, their they, hackles they go down. up. Yeah, yeah. So again, like I wish we could come up with a new term for it. Maybe we can think about that. But like he operated within a system. Yeah. And the system allowed him and made it easy for him and covered it up for him. And that is what is infuriating and disgusting and what we have to keep our eye on. Like these young women were failed, not just by the doctor, not just by the medical profession, not just by Michigan State. Like they were failed by everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, you know, not too dissimilar to what, you know, happened in the Catholic Church and, and a lot uh, of other things. It's an exact analogy. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's, it, right. So I don't know how, I think it's, this is true, and I think it's very difficult to, um, for, for some reason, I think it's very difficult for people to want to accuse, because it, I think it should be difficult for somebody to accuse somebody of that because it's such a monstrous crime. Yeah. It's essentially, you know, tarring someone. Yeah. But at the same time, how do you then uncover it? And then you start dealing with children who aren't necessarily clear as to what's happening to oh, them, or right. whether this is appropriate behavior. And... Um, and I think it becomes, uh, it just becomes very difficult to fix. Uh, to fix. And I think it has to be, the answer has to be, well, a couple of answers. I think one, I think you, we just need to have policies in place where people start to understand like, oh, there, there always needs to be a woman in the room when their person's being examined, right? And that there has, that, you know, they have to be using gloves and, and things right. like that where where you make it, Essentially, within the medical profession, like this kind of behavior, like you should have new expectations when you go to a doctor of what what you can expect. And um, I just don't know that that would work, Andrew. Because the truth is, like my question initially was like, how did the parents not know this was going on? And then I read a whole article about the parents were in the room when this was happening. How much more can you protect your child than to be in the room? Right. And this still happened. It didn't stop him. So to me, like we look, we're like, who do we punish? What policies, yes, those are all very sensible ideas, but it's not going to be enough because this has happened before, this kind of thing, and it will happen again. If they were in the room while it was happening, then this isn't about him. Is that about sexual gratification or is that about something else? I I had the same thought and I can't, I don't know. I don't get that. Like he can't be doing well, anything. who knows? Maybe he did it and then got off on it later. Like, yeah, right? It's interesting. Um, um, so it isn't entirely about sex, right? It's a little bit about, like, what could he do to these girls? Yeah, maybe it was just a thrill of doing that in yeah. front of other, you know, and getting away with it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It kind of doesn't, it really doesn't bear thinking about. Um, um, but, you know, people want to, like, burn, you know, say, like, burn down USA Gymnastics. But, like, that's not going to fix the problem. It's not... 
Sure, they should be. Someone this should be held accountable. This will tarnish, I think, gymnastics in the same way that the Boy Scouts have been tarnished, in the same way that the Catholic Church has been. Like, you're going to think twice about but having your kid be a choir boy. When, like, when there are all these little girls who love what they do, who are totally. I mean, I, my kids don't do this, and I don't think yours do either. <laughs> As I wrote on your Facebook, like, we're not little people. You're like, tall. we can't jump you're gracefully. Tall There's no jumping gracefully <laughs> anywhere in my small. DNA. My people are small, yeah. but also not so gymnastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it just seems like why, it seems very, very cruel, actually, to punish the people who love the sport um, in order to punish the people who deserve it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think what just happens is that there's these certain areas that start to get kind of corrupt, and then they attract other corrupt people. And I think gymnastics is one of these, Was I think swimming is another one where there's been kind of a lot of swimming coaches have been accused of Well, sexual. I mean, the truth is, like, we could look at athletic culture as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and we could certainly say, like, this idea, there was that basketball coach who got in a lot of trouble. I think he got fired eventually for, like, beating his players during yeah. practice. But for a long time, everybody was like, well, like, that's the tough coaching that's the that we love. the Phil Knight way, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, so, but it Not Phil Knight. Uh, Bob, what's his name? Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight, exactly. Bobby Knight, yeah. Um, Phil Knight's the Nike guy. Sorry. Yeah, I was Sorry, Phil. Say. And then I thought you meant Phil Jackson, who yeah. also is oh, not the right Oh, look at person. us knowing so much about sports. <laughs> who knew? All the way from Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really somebody who's that into professional sports, although yeah, I do yeah. love my... That was my son. I do love my Olympic <laughs> gymnastics and figure skating. Um, but... I don't know. I guess I, we can't paint too broad a brush here. Yeah. So do you think that the Me Too movement, that the, do you, did you feel that the Nasser case was part of the Me Too movement, was a continuation of Me Too? I 100% do because of one simple thing, which is that he pleaded guilty to child molestation in November. Okay. I thought it child pornography he pleaded no, guilty. No, child pornography, but oh. also 10, and that might have even been earlier, but the but he pleaded guilty, I believe, in November yeah. to 10 counts of child molestation. Uh-huh. When did this story get traction as a national story? When the victims got to speak? Correct. Right. Okay. In fact, when did the... So at these, what point did act, not just when did it get traction, when did the president of Michigan State resign? Get fired. Yeah. 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 And when did... The entire, it's going to be the entire board of USA Gymnastics is now going to be forced to resign. So do you think that this will become a bigger thing of like hearing victims' statements? Do you think that the, do you think that the Harvey Weinstein victims should, we should have a, even if we don't have a trial, we should still hear from them? Do you think that this well, is something that's... I think we have, I mean, I think we have heard from them. But not, but not like this, right? Like, or have we? I mean, we well, have. first we have to have a legal, like, first there actually has, has to, to be, be some charges filed against him, right, for yeah. them to be able to speak. Or do we? Do we need, or is Well, I is think what's interesting this... about what Judge, I think her name is Judge Aquilina, I think what's interesting about what she did in this case was she combined a legal thing with Me Too, and in fact, the New York Times said there might be a lot of pushback against this, because there's actually kind of a and you, you went to law school, so yeah. you know, there's 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 we been a lot of discussion about no, but about victim the victim's role in the court. Well, I, I thought it was very strange that she basically said, you know, he said, I don't want to sit here and listen to all these victims, and she said, well, I'm going to sentence you to the maximum unless you do. So he said, okay, fine, I will, and then she still essentially threw threw away the the key, which to me says you're not going to get a chance to do that. Again, like next time the guy is just going to be like, no, okay, fine, throw the maximum at me. Like, 
she, well, I don't she think he sort had, of, I don't think, I think he she, had a choice she in whether or not. She kind of promised him some. Oh, I don't I think, think. I didn't read that part. You know, he, he has a choice. Like, I don't think you have to sit there really? and listen after to you your plead, accusers. After you plead guilty? I don't think you do. Huh. I don't think All there's right. any. Lawyers, lawyers, criminal lawyers out there. That's Feel a good question, but I don't think there's. I, don't, I think that she, the, the, the idea was that if you listen, if you sit there and listen He's not really in a position to make a deal at that point, Andrew. He's pleaded guilty. Well, but nobody, she started that by saying, essentially, you know, because he, he said, I don't, I don't want to sit there and he listen to He said it's detrimental this. to his mental health. Right. Well, I mean, I think basically, um, and so the question is, who would actually want to, to sit through that unless, oh, well, I guess unless we'll you to... expected something? And actually, what I thought she should have offered him, and what we should offer maybe for a situation like that, is the opportunity to, to, to die. Like the opportunity to, <laughs> like, God, I, I think extreme. this should be an option. I think actually, you, this guy. That this guy should be able well, no, to be I mean, offered what's ironic, suicide. No, what's ironic is that now I'm sure he's on suicide watch, and it, we're they're actually him. we're paying people to watch and make sure that he doesn't kill. Yeah, himself. and we're going to pay you know presumably lots of money as taxpayers so that like he can be tortured, you know, can be gang raped, you know, Ugh. and it's it's all that all just seems. I I think like maybe that should be the option. If you sit there and you listen <laughs> to all your victims, at the end of this, will allow you. To choose execution as an option, <laughs> I think that's. I think that's Andrew a humane thing. Andrew single-handedly rewrites the penal that's, code. I think that's humane. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that if you I don't want, think his victims would agree. Show, if you show remorse and if you show contriteness, and you then you can you can just end it, and that's fair. You can, we'll give you the carfentanil or whatever. Pro euthanasia. I uh, I do. I actually. Argument. I think it saves every taxpayer's money, and I actually think it's the merciful thing to do. I think you should be able to choose. That's but, a new take on capital punishment. I will say that you should I've, be able to opt for ca- you should be able to opt for capital punishment. I think. Yeah, but see, that's where we're like so messed up, right? Which is that like the people who we think there are all these people who are like we should be able to you know murder murderers. Yeah. But then we also should not allow people like Larry Nasser to kill themselves. To kill themselves. I think he should be able to kill mess. himself. Um, I mean, I anyway. honestly kind of never want to hear about him again, to be to, yeah, to be truthful. And I don't he, mean that I don't want to hear about the story. Yeah. I just think we could just erase him from the picture, and now we can focus on how did this happen. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. This made me kind of go look up Sandusky and say, well, what's happening to him? Like, is he dead? Did he? And he actually was in a maximum security, supermax prison. Mm-hmm. And then recently they moved him to a... I guess moderate security. I don't know what that's called. A medium security prison. So, which I think much more dangerous for him. Like I think uh, in the supermax, he's probably kept in solitary. I have to say, I don't understand. I I never want to think about. Like I never think. Of, I never want to think about the raping that goes on in prison. And it's this funny thing that people always want to talk about. Yeah. And make jokes about. And uh, to me, it's so gross and. And, and we don't really know what goes on. Like we, I, despite the fact we watch all of these movies, and you know, from Shawshank Redemption to Oz to right. you know, Orange is the New Black, we watch all of these things, and we think we know what prison is like. But I don't think any of us have any idea no. what it's actually like. No. Um, Fingers so, crossed. And uh, by the way, I, I bet every prison's different. I bet that you know some are just just awful. And others are, you know, not as not as awful. Well, I bet where Martha Stewart was wasn't too bad. Yes. So wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I, did, I had one. I had one kind of last question for you, actually, as we um, finish up. Yeah, we're almost at our time. Which was a kind of a bigger picture question. Um, has 
the Me Too slash Time's Up movement changed you in any way? Well, I mean, I started doing a podcast about it, so I, clearly, it, clearly. <laughs> Although we it, didn't know that's what we were doing it no, about. When well, we but it was. It was about that. It was the, the reason I wanted to do a podcast with you was because I was seeing this gender divide kind of coming at, out, and seeing you and your friends talking about things that I didn't relate to and didn't understand, and didn't really understand where the anger was coming from, and really felt in many ways that you guys were way off pace. Mm-hmm. And I would say that. The Me Too movement has made me much more understanding of where all that is coming from. All that Uh, meaning what? Where all that anger and frustration and sometimes, you know, and by the way, anger is not always rational. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so sometimes things that I didn't, you know, some irrationality type things that I would hear. But once you understand like, oh, no, this is coming from a place of pain and you start to begin. And all of that, I think, has... By the way, not just for me, but I, I even with you know people that I talk to who are guys, like I think there is change happening, and um, and I think that there is there people are thinking about these things in a different way. And by um, people, you mean, and I'm curious men, about men this, are thinking about this right? In a different because way. this is still something that I mostly talk about with other women friends of mine, yeah. sometimes with guy friends. Um, but rarely with men that I don't know very, very well. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and I'm curious, you know, I would love to be a fly on the wall sometimes in the proverbial locker room. Yeah. Um, not to see what's going on, but to hear, you know, what is the conversation that men are having well, with other well, my, men? My antennas kind of go up every time, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about Aziz and Sari, or we're talking about some, you know, we're talking about Me Too. And, you know, those, those topics do come up in, mm-hmm. you know, in just kind of conversation. And I, th- I, I always think it's, it's interesting that, we're, that those are topics that we're, we're discussing. Um, but then again, you know, then I go to a place like Breitbart and like they're literally not having those conversations at all. Right. Um, and so uh, I think part of it is that I'm in the Northeast and I'm with people who are, you know, exposed to it. And, and also I think we're seeing you know, our politics are going to change. There are going to be all these women who are coming into the political system. Mm-hmm. And p- people talk about that too, right? right? Which is to say, how is that changing it? Is this that, are they doing this just because because of feminism? Or are they doing this, you know, with other reasons? And um, and so uh, all in all, I think it's been positive. But but I would say that the, the thing that I wonder about, what I'm starting to see now is like some men are saying like, men are going to be men. Right. And we like we need to create a space for them to be men and and have these behaviors. And like, well, so that's say, always been like the big fear of men about feminism. And this might be a fault of the word as much as anything. But they've always been afraid that feminism means feminization. So a oh, lot of men have always right. worried that like feminists hate men and want to turn men into women. Right. And there's a David Brooks article in the Today's New York Times. Oh, what a surprise. About this guy who is all about sort of, it's sort of like we are Sparta. It's like all about like, oh, men need to kind of stick to honor and all these things that are basically around masculinity. Uh-huh. And I think there's going to be a movement about that. And so this is my big question. Like, are we going to wind up with sort of two societies or two kind of environments, right? Where one where men 
indulge their baser instincts, but we figure out a way for them to do it in a way that doesn't impact women. <laughs> good right? luck. Good luck with that. Which is you know the virtual realities and the and the oh, sex bots and all these kinds of things where people can. And act. hope and hope that it doesn't spill over and into their then, actual and life. And then there's going to be this other world in which you know there's equal and and it's already sort of exists like men are you know in, involved with or uh, consuming pornography and all these things which are very dark. Right. And then they go off and they have their regular world right. where it's supposed to be equal. And so, is there going to be that right where there's going to be real hmm. clear separation? There's going to be this kind of this toxic masculine place. But it's going to hopefully not affect the world, and then it sounds like a black mirror episode, right? (laughs) Or is it going to be this? We're going to kind of find this center ground, and that men and women are going to work on this problem together, yeah, and um, and sort it out. And I I don't know, but I could see two. I could see it going either way. I could actually see, um, you know, these sort of fringe groups developing, and these sort of men bubbles, you know, emerging, and women bubbles emerging. Uh, Or I could see. Refining a middle grounds. So that's what I don't know. But I, I think Me Too has made me think about that a lot more. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I don't know if it's changed. I, I, I'm trying to think if it's changed me at all. And I think all it's done is raise my awareness higher. And it's made me feel a little bit more empowered. Although I never felt, I actually never felt disempowered. <laughs> I didn't ever feel like I couldn't speak my mind and that might just be like a, a question of how I grew up and where I grew up well, and the I, kind of education that I had and also the kind of life that I've had where I, I don't need to be afraid to speak my mind. Um, yeah, I mean if I, were, if I were you, I would feel very justified. Like because, you know, a year ago, I imagine you would, you know, maybe you felt you're like, oh, I'm always right talking about the same thing. I'm always, or, <laughs> right? or, or maybe people accused you of that and now today i think you can say no 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 look look this is huh. I'm, i was at the forefront of a real movement um yes although hardly because the truth is really if you go back like women have actually been saying the same thing since i don't know the 20s yes. and the 30s and you read like Virginia Woolf and you read i've been somewhat vocal but i think i also operated under the illusion until uh trump was elected president to be honest i operated under the illusion that we were moving in a certain direction, maybe really, really slowly and incrementally. Right. And then his election and a lot of the stuff surrounding that threw me back on my heels. What is it? It was a, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a retrograde step. It was a step. So in that sense, I think backlash. the Me Too thing, I often wonder, like, would it have happened if Hillary had won? And I'm really not sure. And I would love to ask, like, the New York Times reporters. I'd love to ask Jody Cantor. Was this a story you were working on already? And do you think that the New York Times would have gone for it? if Hillary had won. Because I think actually Trump's election and the response to it is what enabled them to publish the story. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think, you know, Harvey would have been much more protected if Hillary had been won. Like, oh, that's so scary. Yeah. Because you talk about it, the institutionalization. Like, he was institutionalized by being associated with the Democrats and Hillary yeah, and everything. absolutely. Like, so I think... He was you know, covering, he, he was covering he, himself. He had, he had, you know, the fact that they lost their power... Maybe helped this come out. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this was a good episode. And uh, we, episode ten. Did episode we even 10. say that? It's that's, like a big milestone that's for a us. Milestone. And uh, we will continue the conversation on Facebook. And we will see you. Come back next time. Next time. Thanks. <laughs>